On this week's episode, we sit down with the owner of one of the most clutch shots in basketball history, for sure Indiana basketball history, current assistant men's basketball coach at the University of Arkansas, Keith Smart. We're going to talk Western Conference Finals. Our guy D-Book's leading the charge. We got post-game eats. I got a Don Nelson and Lucky story that I don't think that you've heard. It's a great episode for all you freelancers out there, everybody getting their side hustle on. Uh, check out Linked Phone as well, Rip. I know we got some deals going. That's right. This episode of One Star Recruits is brought to you by Linked Phone. If you're a small business owner and tired of giving out your personal number to clients, you have to check out Linked Phone. Linked Phone provides local and toll-free business numbers that work where you work. Turn your personal cell phone into a work phone with the Linked Phone mobile app. It creates a dedicated second number so you can talk and text with clients on the go. Break free from the desk phone and go mobile. At Linked Phone, freedom rings. Linked Phone is offering an exclusive 30-day free trial for our listeners at linkedphone.com slash one star. That's linkedphone.com slash one S-T-A-R. Let's go. Hi, this is Keith Smart on the One Star Recruits. Yo, aloha. Welcome to the One Star Recruits podcast. I'm DK, joined as always by my best friend at 25 years. If you think that Keith Smart hit a big shot against Syracuse, DeAndre Ayton hit probably the biggest shot in Phoenix Suns history. Last night, Rep, do you agree? Oh, my God. I can't even. We're, we're recording this pod uh, emergency style right after the game. We had to, man. This is, that was epic. That was legendary. Oh, my God. I'm still Let's walk high. through the last minute because it was a little crazy. I mean, overall, let's, the arena looked great. It was so loud. The fans were phenomenal. Um, it was a playoff atmosphere, I believe. Michael Wilbon said it was the loudest playoff atmosphere he's ever heard anywhere, ever. And he's wow. from the Jordan Chicago days. So let's get check mark. Phoenix Suns fans represented Simmons. Thank you for representing. Thank you for the video. I'll get that up on social media. Um, but last minute, it was it was kind of a combination of, of the Clippers with some mistakes. Those those missed free throws rip were huge. So Paul George missed, missed two free throws. Uh, Cameron Payne was doing some dancing. Maybe he was doing the CP3 challenge from the top of the three point line there. Uh, that inspired him. He definitely had some hand movements in there that could have affected it, but huge, huge missed free throws that led down the line to just a series of events that led to this out-of-bounds play. Um, take it from there, Rip. It really could have gone anywhere. I, I was watching ESPN after the game, and it, uh, Tim Langler pointed out a beautiful thing. He just said if, if Boogie would have just shifted his body to block the rim instead of – they were so concerned about Booker that they kind of forgot about that play. And then Monty Williams said in post game. He stole that from Brett Brown and Phoenix Suns fans. You'll remember it. Brett Brown and um, the play when Tyson Chandler got it. Alley-oop against Memphis four years ago. I just watched the replay, man. It was very similar. That was a sideline out-of-bounds pass versus under the basket in the corner. But, man, no time on the clock. Tyson Chandler just put it down. Regular season win against Memphis. But, man, that pass by Crowder was right on the money. It almost went in the hoop, I think. It almost did. It almost did. So for, for you hoop fans, I know we have Keith Smart on, people listening all over the world. A great night for basketball. The playoffs have been great. For us, we're Phoenix Suns fans, where we grew up there, so it's, it's so close to us. Uh, but for everybody in the world, these are really great teams with some great young players in the playoffs that are not as normal as usual, you know, this time in the NBA, Rip. And it's so fun to me. We were talking about NHL overtime versus kind of the NBA and excitement. I'm at the edge of my seat for every single one of these games. And I still don't really know how to act as a Phoenix Suns fan. Like I'm still trying to play it cool, but not sure if that really happened. Scott Foster was roughing that game. So anything could have happened, 
Um, exactly. And man. just wait, man. Indi- Indiana fans know how to act. They've been there with Keith Smart. We're going to talk about that in the interview. But, man, just wait till we get uh, Chris Paul back and some of these some of these young players can go back to their roles. They're, they're shining right now, but we need our leader back. But these these are the kind of moments that championship teams have. And Indiana Hoosier fans know that. They know that. They know that. And Devin Booker hit a huge clutch elbow 10-footer with about a minute and a half left. Um, Paul George was hitting that elbow jumper. It leads us right into our CP3 challenge, Rip. It's been going so well, man. We started an actual thing. That mid-range is harder than it looks. Everybody's saying it. Now everybody knows. I think we screwed ourselves with the no warm-ups. It's 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 because it's not like it's a home rim that anybody knows anywhere. So I'm I'm... That's the part that if I could pull the challenge completely back, I'd maybe give two warm-ups. What do you think of that? I don't mind it because you're out there, you're shooting that shot. I mean, some people haven't shot a basketball in a year. We're getting people active. That's that's uh, part of the point is we're getting people outside. And uh, yeah, I mean, no warm-up? Come on, man. You should be able to, to knock oh. down a 10-footer, right? It's- no, I thought so. I d- let's back up. Okay, okay, okay. So we were we were messing around on the podcast last last week after Chris Paul became came in in the fourth quarter and started going right and just knocking that thing down. I did a little bit more research. He's been going to his right, hitting that shot in at least seven different uniforms consistently. Um, definitely in the regular season, and uh, you know we know his later playoff record. But um, with that said, I said shit. I think that I could hit. Three out of four, 75%. So we said 10. And I said, I think I can hit 75% still in my head. I'm a big dummy, man. I got out there and I look like Ben Simmons, bro. Oh, for 10, bro. Not one, you know, one shot. Not even, nobody guarding you all by yourself. Oh, for 10. Uh, but a challenge was born. More importantly, a challenge was born. Uh, and, I, and we've gotten some amazing entries so far. You can check it out on the One Star Twitter account if uh, you have no idea what we're talking about. Instagram, but Instagram. Instagram, Instagram. And we're trying to get this thing going a little bit. We think that it has some legs for a variety of reasons. I think bigger than anything else, Rip, tell me if I'm wrong here. Just a fun little thing to get outside. I know a lot of the country is super hot and it's hard even to do, but even kind of funny. We're talking 10 shots. I've got the biggest laughs. I've got the best text messages, not from my 0 for 10 shooting, but for uh, my my scoliosis run to get my own rebounds. I mean, if just watching people run should maybe be it's just it's hilarious, bro. Um, we, we could do a run. We could do a running challenge next. But but look, but man, the bottom line is uh, we've got all, people from all walks of life doing the same. We got women. The challenge we got was men. born. A challenge we got was kids. Born. Yeah, a challenge was born. And we're all missing Chris Paul right now. He, he, we're trying to get the public out there to, to show us that mid-range game that we're missing right now. Like an homage. We were, both of us were a little bit concerned that we might have been messing our team up because we did notice some Phoenix Suns players checking out some entries of the Chris Paul challenge, uh, especially before uh, the, the game one against the Clippers. We were a little bit concerned that we were that was going to we didn't want them seeing some of those shots, particularly my my follow through. Um, I mean, Gary and Phoenix had a couple of shots that I hope nobody sees. Mike Flynn had his first shot was the worst one. So let's hope campaign and the guys supporting the, uh, the challenge, uh, keep making their shots. I would love to see somebody come in and wreck house, just hit a 10 for 10 rip. It's going to happen. Everyone grab a basketball today, take 10 shots from the right elbow, 10 feet out, record it, put it on Instagram, tag us. We'll repost it. This Chris Paul challenge, man. It's, uh, it's riding the wave right now. And it helps with. Uh, confidence. I think what I didn't have was confidence. I think what our guy Booker has, we're in the Western conference finals. So 
So I wish somebody would have reminded me. I heard Chris Paul's brother was uh, in the stands of that game, possibly calling out plays uh, or concepts or ideas. I wish that somebody, probably you, bro, I'm putting it on your shoulders, would have been there to, to give me some more confidence before I shot my Chris Paul challenge shots. I don't think it would have helped, man, unfortunately. <laughs> <You're> for- <laughs> no, you're bro. So it's, it's all about confidence, man. It is all about confidence. And that's the, that's the next kind of uh, NBA. Let's go around the horn a little bit. NBA with our guy, Ben Simmons. Um, let's back it up a little bit for the listeners. Ben Simmons is a, is a good athlete um, and he has some weaknesses and some weaknesses came out a la Rudy Go- Gobert uh, did, uh, but even kind of in a worse situation, I think for Ben Simmons, because talking about mentally tough, seems like he mentally kind of just gave up a little bit. So Ben Simmons rip. I mean, let, I don't even know what my question is. Do you want him on your squad? Is this like a Shaq situation? Is this a Markel Fultz situation? Does this a therapy situation? I mean, look, he's at an all-time low right now, confidence-wise, uh, playing-wise, but he's still 24 years old. He's got a hell of a lot of talent, and, and there's been a lot of guys before him that have been able to fix their shot at a young age. Jason Kidd was one of them. He's a terrible mm-hmm. shooter early on. Good one. He, he ended Lonzo, up like- Lonzo a little bit. He's still working on it. Lonzo's getting better. He's still only 24. So, look, the kid's got time. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of squads that could use that guy. At this point in time, you're not going to get good value for this poor guy because, I mean, the rest of the league saw what we saw, Rip. I mean, what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. Ben Simmons is going to probably find his way out of Philly. Um, and this is coming from the guy who said the Utah Jazz was going to win the, the championship this year. So take it with a grain of salt. But I think, like, the Golden State Warriors probably will – We'll get him for a great deal. Uh, figure out a way to get some of those things. I don't know. I, it's not a Giannis situation with some of these things with him. I mean, he took, what did he take? Rip five shots in the game seven? Terrified he, to even shoot? Five shots. He passed up a wide open dunk. Um, I mean, look, he's got a, a long summer ahead of him to, to try to improve. He's going to find have to find it within himself to dig deep and, and just put in the work to, to get better. I mean, that's the, that's what the summer's for. for these watch, guys. I watched this, the Four Kings documentary on Showtime. It's fucking great about uh, Marvel, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Roberto Duran, Tommy Hearn, um, obviously Sugar Ray. And it's funny because uh, although great athletes, amazing athletes, uh, they all have their ups and downs of mental breakdowns where it's tough to um, still be great at this high of a level uh, and, and and find balance in the rest of their lives. But when they were able to do it, they were great. This seems like a technical glitch in the system with Simmons. This seems like, you know, a good training camp's not going to really break it. So but maybe Simmons needs to come out here to Hawaii with me and we can re- do a full reset. You're in the right place, man. Hawaii. What, what, you've been over there a week plus now. How's it going over there? Uh, Hawaii is beautiful, man. We, I'm still doing my local exploring because I do not have a vehicle. So uh, I'm walking a lot more. I'm waking up super early. A lot of the things that uh, Keith Smart actually talked about in this interview, I'm still doing. Just kind of the <laughs> clearing the cobwebs out, if you will, of, of a new area and a, and a new environment. The good news is my vehicle arrives pretty soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed in the next week, and that will open all kinds of new options for me to uh, to go explore a little bit. But for the time being, man, I'm eating a lot of fruit. Believe it or not, bro, breaking news right here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go meatless. I'm gonna go meatless three days a week. So I'm gonna hop on and, and stay away from any uh, any processed meat three days a week, uh, and I'm gonna tune into seafood and fruits and vegetables. So you might be. I might be. 
20 pounds lighter, bro, with a really good tan. Just come, come, come Thanksgiving time. That is breaking news. What, what, uh, what made you decide that? You watch some documentaries or what? No, I just got fired up. I saw guys like Terrence Mann, Tyreek Maxey out there just doing work. And it's, I, I'm looking behind me, bro. I'm seeing the younger generation coming up and I'm trying to get my health right, bro. I'm trying to stay. I could not be having more experiences like my Chris Paul challenge on the internet. <laughs> that was all it took. It was like, uh, it was like, come uh, to Jesus moment. Yeah, that was my welcome to the league moment. I saw that on tape and I realized that is it, man. So I decided to go meatless as soon as as soon as that happened, 0 for 10. And at the end of the day, it's 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 what kind of Keith Keith talked about is a healthy place to be. And my my first week here is shedding some of those Southern California in and out burgers and, you know, easy life. Lots of uh, Vietnamese coffees, you know, um, and subbing coffee out for water and subbing burgers out for papaya and you know, living that life for now. So stay tuned. It should get more exciting as soon as I get a car. I have all kinds of plans, bro. There's waterfalls. Um, I will tell you this. Uh, Maui is a little bit packed right now. Everybody and their mama's coming out. You see Britney Spears was just here. Uh, who else was just here? Mahomes was here running a camp. Kelly Oubre was out here doing some stuff. Obviously, y'all know about Aaron Rodgers. So the celebrities are out and also... Um, the Californians, man, the West Coast is coming out to Maui in full force. So all good. Uh, the economy needs it. But for uh, for for DK cruising around right now, it's uh, a little bit too many bodies for me, bro. Well, we love we love uh, our Indiana listeners. We got a lot of Indiana listeners on this episode because Keith Smart is a legend at IU. So for anyone that's trying to get out of Indiana for a vacation to Hawaii right now and Maui in particular, tell them uh, the best hotel to stay at there in Maui. Yeah, you got to stay at that Ritz-Carlton in Kapalua. You know, Hawaii is such a beautiful place. Actually, Rip, a cool trend that I'm seeing right now in the NFL offseason. I think it's really cool. It's these summits. I saw the tight ends got together and did a, a summit together. And then just recently, I think it was yesterday, Von Miller did his third annual pass rush summit, which is kind of cool. All the best pass rushers in the league come out to uh, to his place and work on mentality and their game and whatnot. So check it out. I had this idea of while here in Hawaii and I got to build on it. So this is just early foundation. But I'd love to host a one-star summit, bro, here in, in Maui. What do you think? Let's do it. I'm always down for a trip to Maui. You know that. I know. You've been saying that for a minute. But how about doing a summit? We get some other one-stars. Like put together a program, possibly. Let me let me think about it. Maybe we could do it like, uh, what would a one-star summit look like? We'll get Seymour and Andy and Nick B out here. We could do, it got to be kind of my lifestyle. So maybe we'll do an early wake-up and everybody will get a 12-ounce of Athletic Greens. We'll pass it around. And we'll maybe do a chug session of some, some AGs. Have to do a probably have to do a group dog walk down to the beach um, and do some stretching, some old man stretching. So that would probably be a part of it. Uh, snorkel, maybe a barbecue. You know, maybe we can have some five stars actually join us on the summit. We can mingle uh, one stars with five stars together at, at a barbecue. Yeah, we better get some five stars because that agenda sounds like a very one star agenda so far. <laughs> it is kind of a one star agenda. Well, it's it's. I have to work on the agenda, but uh, like my man Keith Smart said, when when coming out to Hawaii, it's all about uh, the mentality you bring out there. With that said, our, our our next guest will take all of you IU fans back to that glorious day in 1987. We're gonna take a little walk down memory lane. We're gonna do some Hawaii talk. Uh, you know, Keith Smart was a guy who I crossed paths with for a second rip, and um, high five, man, high five on another amazing booking. I love the Indiana guys. And he has a hell of a story. Enjoy this interview.
Now joining the One Star Recruits podcast, we have a native of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but a legend in Bloomington, Indiana, the owner of one of the most clutch shots in basketball history and a current assistant men's basketball coach at the University of Arkansas, Mr. Keith Smart. Thanks for joining the One Star Recruits. Keith, how are you doing today? Man, I'm great. Thank you guys for having me on your show. Glad to have you. And not everyone knows this, Keith, but you were five foot seven your senior year in high school and you only played three games because of a broken arm. You wound up taking the Juco route at Garden City in Kansas, and, and everyone knows how it went down at Indiana after that. But hold on a second. Are you one of us? Were you a one-star recruit? I, I, believe me, I didn't have a star by my name. You know, I just had a strong desire. So no stars at all, uh, but just a strong desire and opportunity came available for me, and that's how it all started. I love it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Keith, I know you're at Arkansas now, and, and we'll get to that in a bit. But we have a big listener base in Indiana, so I have to ask this. You're renowned for your game-winning shot in 1987 for the NCAA tournament. What I'm curious about is 34 years later, how often do you still get stopped by random strangers to talk about the shot? And do you add some gas to the story as each year goes by? Well, you know, it, it, it becomes a three-point shot, then a shot out of bounds, and then shot from the stands. Uh, I had a 40. Uh, I had a 59-inch vertical leap, you know, all those things there, you know. But uh, it's one of those great magical moments. You know, obviously, the college basketball NCAA tournament is a huge tournament. And uh, and people cling to the, those moments and those memories of those tournaments uh, forever. And, you know, as I stayed in the basketball world of coaching and traveling all around, playing all over the world, uh, people identified me with the shot. And from time to time, they would see my name on a piece of luggage or my room assignment. Uh, someone would say, hey, I remember what I was doing that day. You made that shot. You know, I remember what was going on. You know, you broke my heart because I was a big time Syracuse fan. You know, uh, all those little things. And I, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, you get tired of talking about it. You know, here 34 years moving into 34 years ago. Um, but I say, you know what, I don't get tired of talking about it when someone out of the ordinary, out of the blue, comes up and talks about it because they bring a memory that they had from that moment. So I, I, they, I, I make sure that uh, I let them share what they were feeling, share what went through their mind with their families, and, um, and, and just relive that moment for them, and I'm happy to do that. I want to stay on the Hoosiers for a little bit. You played under Bob Knight uh, for mm-hmm. two seasons at IU. Uh, and you were in Bloomington uh, last year for his return to Assembly Hall. What mm-hmm. did that day mean to you and your relationship with the general? Well, that doesn't show what he was trying to get across to all of us that played for him and played at, at Indiana, that how, how, how important it was for the connection of those guys that have played there um, to still be connected many years uh, removed. You know, when Randy Whitman made the phone call and started to reach out to former players, and he called and said, hey, we're thinking about doing this with Coach. He's going to be in Bloomington. We want to make sure we get as many players back around. And as he started to reach out, he said, make sure you contact some players. Make sure when they contact the player, they continue to contact. So that was the family atmosphere that, that he was trying to forge amongst everyone. And obviously, once he got back to Bloomington and uh, when he hit that floor for that moment, he really thought he was coaching a, a basketball game with all the fans that were there, then plus all of the players. I had a little story with him. I asked a question. I, he benched me for like two games in a row for whatever reason, he, but he made the decision to do it. And I said to him at that time, when we all got back together, I said, Coach, I don't know if you remember this, but you, you 
pull me out of the game and, and bench me for the next two games. And what was that all about? Do you remember that? And I said, well, I was talking to my parents. They told me that during that time, you were talking to them and you told them that you were going to do that. And so when I would call my mom, because trying to figure out why was I not playing, she said, oh, baby, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And coach just said, you know what? I had a great relationship with your parents and they knew exactly what was going on. So little things like that, um, you know, forged the relationship amongst our teammates, but also the respect that we have for Coach Knight. Your parents couldn't couldn't uh, let you in on that one. But Coach had a lot of he had a lot of pull, not only with his players, but also with their families, you know. So he just said, but, it, but I think what he when he shared with them, hey, I'm going to do some things to him that because when he moves farther into life, things are going to be taken from him. What is he going to do? What will he do? Uh, is he going to sit around and mope about it, or he's going to continue to work daily to get back into the place that he was? And that was a great. It was a terrible thing for me at the time. But I can see the learning lesson 25, 30 years removed from there that, you know, we're going to have those moments in time where we're going to have to get ourselves back together. And there won't be a lot of help sometimes. You're going to have to pull yourself together and get back on track. So you've coached with, you know, coached alongside a, a ton of great coaches uh, in the NBA. As you look back at kind of how the league has evolved over the years, what's the biggest difference between coaching in the NBA and coaching in college in today's game? Like, what's the hardest adjustment? Well, I, I, as I told Coach Musselman when I was coming into this, I said, you know, the coaching part is going to be the same. You know, when you get beyond the, the, the diameters of the, the basketball floor, the far as the three-point line, things like that, the spacing of the lane, you're coaching players to do the same thing on every level. Get better, improve what, upon what you already uh, can do very, very well, uh, take care of yourself on and off the floor, uh, be respectful. So you're doing the same thing from a coaching standpoint. Now, obviously, I'm dealing with a much younger player now compared to what where I was with a, a, a rookie coming in. You know, now you come in when the kid's coming straight from the high school, trying to figure out college, the pace of college. Uh, no different than I was sharing this with a player yesterday, a couple of days ago. You know, when I got drafted off at Indiana, um, you know, I, I went from playing the Pan American Games uh, in 87, and then we got on the uh, on the court, uh, excuse me, 86 and then 87 Pan American Games. But prior to that, I was on the U.S. national team that played in Taiwan. And I got dropped off at my dorm, came back in August, late August. Uh, we're going to start school in September. Uh, I got dropped off and they said, hey, the guys are playing pickup basketball tomorrow at the field house. Like I knew. I didn't know where that was, right? Because no one told me where to go. I'm walking around campus, had no clue where I was going. I walked all over that place trying to find the field house. Didn't want to stop and ask anyone to say, hey, can you tell me where the gym is? Wait a minute, you're an athlete and you don't even know where the gym is, you know? Uh, but I walked and got there. And, uh, and so seeing how fast and how big and strong those guys were compared to where I was at that time, uh, it was mind-blowing to see where they were. But I knew I had to figure out a way how to catch up, how to get you know working in a weight room, uh, training on the track, how we did at Indiana at that time, training on the track, and then playing the pace of the game. So when I see some of the guys that, you know, come into a college environment right now, the pace of how things are moving is pretty fast for them. And now it's all brand new. So, but the coaching part is the same. The young kids that you're working with now, that is the biggest difference right now. And plus, you have to spend more time talking with them, but also with their parents and everyone else who's involved with them. 
It's definitely a full-time job. It's great. We had a, we had another Indiana guy, uh, Calbert Chaney is a friend of the pod mm-hmm. on also in the coaching game. And it's so great to hear you Indiana guys talk about it. Cause it's the foundation is the same as, uh, yeah. as caring for the kids first and foremost, doing things the right way. And then the mm-hmm. production on the basketball court comes. Yeah. You know, we, we, we were taught that uh, when we started off there, that we had the, the best things that you must do first, you know, to become a good basketball player, particularly a good basketball player at Indiana. So things that I've learned from, uh, I mean, my coaching base came from that, teaching the fundamentals first. Because what happens when you don't, when you eliminate or bypass a shortcut, those fundamentals, once you meet equal talent, the other player that has the better fundamentals, he eventually will win out for the most part. And you see that happen all the time where some players come in, even into the NBA, where their talents are all equal. But then when you get into those moments in games where a player can make a play that wasn't an athletic play with him with the basketball, maybe it's a screen, maybe it's a, a cut uh, to the basket that forced defense to overhelp, um, you, you realize that how that was a fundamental teaching point that took place well before you got a hold up. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's stick with stay with stay with coaching. Let's move over to the West Coast. Let's move over to the Bay Area. Fun mm-hmm. fact for the listeners, Coach Smart, you probably don't remember, but you and I worked together for uh, three years in uh, 2007 to 2011 in Oakland. Those early mm-hmm. years were a little wild for, for me, but there's all kinds of incredible Don Nelson moments. I think of moments for me the first time that I pulled in on a weekend and you remember how the practice facility is <laughs> on the top floor there top floor, and yep. with his dog, Lucky, with no shirt on smoking <laughs> a cigar. And it was kind of my my holy shit moment, if you will. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stories. The, the, the Steven Jackson story where he was uh, named captain while they were having drinks. What's mm. your favorite Don Nelson memory, both on and off the court? Well, uh, you, you, uh, you, you bring up Lucky, but there was a moment where Lucky was like one of the assistant coaches, right? And uh, Lucky came in and decided that, uh, well, there's no grass around here. I must uh, relieve myself. <laughs> and, uh, and Lucky chose to do that on the, on the basketball floor. And uh, Coach Nelson said, well, I guess if you guys want to uh, play like this, you might as well play in it. You know, and guys were dribbling the basketball, trying to move around. But the interesting thing was looking at the, the, the managers and those guys deciding like, OK, who's going to be the one to go clean this up? You know, uh, but the, the moments where coach, he, he told me when I when he when uh, he took over, the, came in and took over the job and he drafted me at Golden State when I was drafted. And he shared with me. Um, I said, well, coach, how do you play this? How do you do that? He said, well, one thing, I don't need you sitting around me with a pad and a pencil uh, trying to get every little note-taking thing from me. Just watch how I operate, and you'll figure out how I, how I do things. And that's what I started to do. I still kept notes, but I, but I made sure that I wasn't going to be popping into his office and asking questions about that. So he was always teaching me, and he eventually got to a point where you know, he was now in a position like he did with Avery Johnson trying to grow me to become a head coach. Um, and I learned so much from him about the game. You know, I'm very fortunate to be around uh, Coach Nelson, a Hall of Famer, um, and then Coach, uh, Coach Knight as a Hall of Famer and all-time great coaches uh, because they taught simple concepts uh, that still exist today. You look at what's taking place in the NBA right now, well, I've seen it in a game where there was a moment where we were playing Phoenix Suns and our, Amari Stoudemire was MVP candidate that year, playing so aggressive. And Coach Nelson said, well, I'm going to put one of our smallest players on him, Azubuki, to guard him. 
And Ozzy Boogie was a small player. Philando. You know, six five, but that's small compared to compared to Stoudemire. What that did, it forced Phoenix to get out of their pick and roll game with Steve Nash and Stoudemire and forced them to be a post up team. And they kept posting up Stoudemire, which kept us in the basketball game because we didn't have to worry about so many rotations. So little things like that I saw and learned from him uh, while I was working there. I love it. It was a small ball that beat uh, Dallas, too. It was putting Al Harrington on Dirk and then putting Jackson on Dirk and then putting mm-hmm. even Monte was able to guard some of those guys in those systems. You guys were, were shifting on screens before anybody there. Yeah. yeah. Nelly was a you got a, such a great base coach as far as uh, guys you work with. Let's 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 keep it moving here. I'm uh, mm-hmm. let's talk your son, Jared stud stud wide receiver at the University of Hawaii. Nelly mm-hmm. lives on Maui. I yeah. just moved to Maui. So I'm out mm-hmm. here. Too. So I'm still trying to figure out a couple of things. I'm trying to figure out sports, basketball mm-hmm. games are starting at 1.30. Football, I think, is going to start at 7 in the morning <laughs> for me. So I'm starting right. just trying to get a, a hold of that. But I want to know your favorite thing about Hawaii and if you <laughs> ever had a, a chance to hang with Nelly out here on, on the island of Maui. Yeah, when, I, when we come over to visit my uh, son, and so when we went to visit, my wife and I go to visit him, we stop over and go see Nelly. Uh, we fly over from, the main, from, uh, from Hawaii uh, University, and then we go over to see uh, Coach in Maui. And uh, spent a couple of days with he and his wife, Joy, and they've been so good uh, to us. Um, so anytime we go there, we would try with time a lot. We didn't get a chance to do it uh, once COVID was uh, we were open to fly back in there because still going from island to island was pretty uh, tough to do. Right. And with all the protocols. So we didn't get a chance to do it this time. But uh, all the other times we would go over and see him. I love it. Are you a scuba diver? Are you a snorkeler? Do you, you get in the ocean at all? I- I, yeah, we did. I did. We did some, uh, some scuba diving one time, and uh, my wife and I went down in the water. We were probably down about sixty feet down, Ooh. and uh, somehow the water. And if you've done it before, the water got into the mass, and you look. You simply push on the mass, and then blow out, and you'll get the water out of your out of your mass. Well, she did too much of it. Ooh. Now, when you're in the water, you have no peripheral vision when you have the goggles on, so you have no idea what's going on around you. And all of a sudden, I realized her and the, uh, the the diver instructor, they had gone to the surface. I was still down there by myself. Scary. And I'm looking around like, well, where's my wife? And finally, I looked up and I saw they were had gone to the top. And um, and of course, you know, when you're up, you're, you're, when you're ascending, you got very slowly trying to come up. And um, right, right. we did that. But more than anything else we did, we, we, we walked around a great deal around the island, was able to sit out in some beautiful places. I mean, I would get up. Of course, for whatever reason, you wake up very early out and I'm ready to go out and walk around, you know, yep. and uh, I would do that and just get I had one little spot, that, a little coffee shop uh, spot that no one was there until around nine o'clock. And I would go there and, and go into the water and swim and then come out and sit at that little spot with, with my coffee. And, uh, and I mean, beautiful place to be. Sounds amazing. We have to get uh, we might have to get Arkansas. I might have to tell Coach Musk, get Arkansas on that uh, Maui Invitational. Well, for sure, we're trying to get over there. Exactly. In the coming years, let's let's stick, let's talk about Arkansas. Uh, you guys made it to the, the Elite Eight a few months ago. It was awesome. We're out in California and Hawaii, and we were just loving seeing Musselman and what you guys were putting together there. How do you and Coach Musk keep the momentum going in Fayetteville? And and what does Razorback Nation have to look forward to coming up uh, next season? Well, I just think you know, like you talk about the two great coaches that I was around with, Knight and, and Nelly, and they have a system and a style of how they function and how they operate. And I think with the way that Coach Musselman operates and how he brings the energy to a practice, to a meeting, to uh, games, 
I think that is going to continue to be that way. And obviously you're going to be recruiting players that can fit that system, that style of play. And that's how you keep it going with the goal of being in the elite last year. When Not the goal, but when getting into the elite last year. Well, you, you've gotten a taste of that. You know, now the, can we go farther? The goal is to get, get there or get farther and then keep building from there. Uh, but it all starts with the base, and now you got a, a, a different group of young players that are also going to be now uh, trying to help fill some of the voids of the players that have left. You have some of the guys who will kind of help with some of the players that have left. Now they're in very uh, different roles now moving forward. So all those combinations of coming together, but I think when you have a, a coach and he has his system and style in play already, now you just fit in those pieces to fit that style. And that's what the great ones have done that have – created uh, those winning backgrounds and winning programs. It's all about the style. Amazing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hey coach, before we get to our last segment, there's, there's something I have to ask you. So in 2020, there were reports that Kyrie was suggesting that players start their own league. You played in the world basketball league, which was a minor <laughs> league that was founded by Kuzi. Uh, mm -hmm. I think if I understand correctly, that no one over six, four could play, which means I would have had a shot if I was born. Uh, <laughs> And that you actually won a title with the Youngstown, Youngstown Pride. So yeah. for those of us that never saw that league, can you share with us what that was like? And if you think that a player-created league could have success today? Well, i tell you that that league, what it did was, just like when I played in Indiana, you were taught how to play multiple positions. You were taught how to defend multiple positions. And with that league being 6'4 uh, and under, in that league, all the players. So, you know, you have a player who probably maybe he's the biggest guy was going to be six, four and a half. And now he's your center and the numbers went around to each position. So you learn how to play the game. You, 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 now you, you're playing running plays offense with only players that are, are six, four, the biggest guy on your team. And what that, it showed the skill level. It became, it was small ball that we see today when teams put those kind of lineups on the floor, uh, you know, now guys are probably about six, eight, six, seven, somewhere in there. But when you put those, that was small basketball being played right there. We still ran pick and rolls at that time. You still ran uh, the catch and shoot offense coming off screens, things like that. Um, and so that lead, what Kuzi wanted to do was bring the game back to the smaller player and let him show what he can do in that environment. And it was a league that was uh, pretty in impressive. And being on a team at Youngstown Pride, a team that um, uh, – uh, always played for the championship. They had won three, I think, at the time. That was number three that year. And uh, I was able to uh, be involved in that and get a world championship ring, as, as we called it, nice. world basketball champion. And so, uh, once again, being in an environment that was conducive to winning and being around the staff and coaching that was, that was all about uh, winning and going for it all. Just off that minor league stuff, do you think that a player-created league could have success today? I don't, I don't, you know, because what, what we have to have all the time to, to uh, push that envelope, you have to have uh, financial backing. You, you must have sponsorship. And how long will a sponsorship deal uh, be able to maintain it for the life of the type of players you're going to need to be in there? You know, we, we know that it, the possibility and the thought process with the way some of the, our best players in the country, in our, in our league, in the NBA are, are playing and what they are earning away from the floor uh, but you want to say, do you want to have it for a year, two years, five years, 15 years? How many of the marketable brands uh, will come involved, be involved in that? So you, I think it's a bigger picture than just players. Yes, the players, if they wanted to do something like that, it's very possible. But from a sustainability, sustainability uh, prospect, how can you get 
people to really get behind it, not just fans, but corporations to keep that going. Because when you look at the arenas you're going to need to play in, people coming in, and obviously television rights. A lot, a lot that goes into it. Uh, we'll see if it ever works itself out. But, Keith, uh, we end every interview with a segment called One Star to Five Star. We're one star. It's trying to become five stars like you've been for almost 35 years now. And and we want to get your takes on a handful of things that, that kind of run the gamut on a one to five star scale, with one being mm-hmm. the worst and five being the best. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I got four of them here for you. Let's start. Uh, you hit one of the most clutch shots in basketball history. Jalen Suggs hit a big one for Gonzaga earlier this year. In your mm-hmm. book, though, Keith Smart's book, what is a five-star clutch shot from basketball history that you think gets overlooked? Well, I think the, the Lorenzo Charles shot. You know, I had a chance to play with him. I think uh, the fact that Wittenberg took the shot and, and Lorenzo Charles was right there to catch the ball. Derek um, Wittenberg, I think it was. Uh, and Charles catches the ball to be able to finish the play. Um, I think it gets overlooked. Now, Chris, you know, he passed away. Uh, but I think uh, the moment, it wasn't a jump shot per se, but it was a great, great shot that he had uh, by, by being in the right place. And that's what sh- making big shots are all about, being in the right place at the right time. You spent a handful of years, like you mentioned, playing overseas. And we hear all kinds of stories about crazy conditions in some of those places, depending on where you are, who you play for. What was your one star, one star welcome to overseas basketball moment? Well, I was very fortunate to play on teams that uh, did take very good care of the imports, uh, they, as they call the imports, the foreign uh, players that come in. I was very fortunate. However, uh, prior to all the Internet and everything, my wife and I were going to spend time when I was playing in France. We were going to spend Christmas in Paris. And I decided to look for our living arrangement during that two weeks period. Now, no internet. You had to look in the newspapers. And I looked in the newspaper and I said, well, this would be a great place. It won't be directly on the Champs-Élysées, you know, right there downtown in the area. It'll be a little bit off, off, off Broadway for the most part. And I found this place. My wife said, you get everything? I got everything done. We got a place. We're going to stay. We get there. And, man, this place was was really bad. Oh. And at, at that time, you couldn't find another place to go to because it was people start coming in for the holiday. And I knew then that never, ever set up living arrangement uh, for you and your wife. Let her do what she needs to do. Hey, she must be a good woman to, uh, to have <laughs> survived through that one. <laughs> that was the only one, man. I, I never got a chance to do that again. Never got a chance to do that again. Uh, yeah. But, you know, another part of that was, uh, while I was in Europe as well, playing over there, um, you know, as a, a foreign player going to play in a foreign country, you have to ingratiate yourself into the community. And I was able to do that uh, in those towns, those small towns that I played in. There was a game that we played called a friendly game. And you would play against a uh, neighboring uh, uh, team that was several divisions below you. So in the event, we played this team. There are five divisions below us. The two mayors of those towns have a little running trophy back and forth. Well, they spot you by points 10 points based on the based on the uh the level below you that they are so this team we played was five degrees below us so we had to spot them 50 points to start the game holy cow 50 points and we spotted them the 50 points and we're playing catch up the whole time now you don't want to lose to these teams right these are guys who just got off work at 5 30 and just want to keep playing ball you know and uh, we got there, and at halftime, the coach got on us like, 
what are, what's wrong with you guys? You're not competing. <laughs> you just slide the same 50 points. We catch them and we win the game with about 30 seconds to go and went up, end up winning by two points. And the, the, the mayors get their little trophy and they're satisfied, you know. But some players have gotten released from teams when they lost to those friendly games like that. It's wild. Well, I'm going to go back to Bloomington real quick because it's such a okay. cool town and you spent some time there. We love eating on this podcast and we hear it's, it's a slept on food town out there. What's the five star must hit restaurant for Keith Smart anytime you're back in the 812? Well, I would say you got to hit Uptown Cafe. Um, it's kind of got a little version of, of, of Cajun there. And it's a place that, uh, that I try to get to when I'm back there. And then the other uh, go-to place for me was uh, when I was back in school and I knew the, the owner of it very well, uh, a place called Buffalooie, which was a, a, a wing place and uh, just off the beaten path. And uh, But it's someone that I've got ownership of that company. I've known ever since I was there. Uh, I was involved with them. What's the order there? Is it just the, the hot wings or what? Just get, get yeah, various uh, sauces that you can use for your hot wings. Mine was always the mild. And every time I go to Bloomington, that's one of the places that I'm going to stop into. All right, last uh, last one here. Players in basketball, football, they have their jersey swaps. We see it all the time. But in that same vein, with you as a coach now, you look across all sports, who is one male and one female coach that you'd want to do a, a clipboard swap with? Uh, clipboard swap, um, I would, would say one, one person would be uh, with, with Coach Mike Kuszewski. You know, for sure that would be someone that I, I would love to uh, do uh, a, a clipboard swap with. And Tara Vanderveer, someone else that I would love to do that with, you know, uh, watching those coaches operate. Um, you know, you can't just pick a one. There's a handful that you would love to do that with. Uh, but there's those are two that come right off the top of my head. Legends. Keith, thank you so much. Okay, man. Take care. You know who probably would like to be getting paid for that shot against Syracuse? Nas, what up? We got Nas back on the podcast. I'm coming in. What up, big guy? How you doing? I'm well, man. I'm coming back into the episode a little bit hot because the time the time is, has changed a little bit since a Supreme Court ruling for NCAA athletes. Rip, can you break down for my mother who is listening what this means and why Keith Smart could have been getting NFT money this whole time for his big shot? Well, there's still a lot to be determined, I think, from the Supreme Court decision yesterday. But basically, it paved the way for at some point in the future for NCAA student athletes to be able to capitalize a little bit more on their name, image, likeness and uh, get more money from the universities where they bring in so much revenue for those universities. So there's a lot of gray area and a lot still to be determined. But it, it paints a picture of like, in my mind, of 1987, Key Smart hits that game winning shot. He could have sold T-shirts, sold his jerseys, and gotten a percentage of that money rather than just uh, Indiana and the Big Ten and, and the NCAA getting all that money. Um, actually, you know who did get money for that? Maybe not that shot, but this is a true story. I need to, Nas, you might have to research this one for me because this might. But um, Mark Cuban, I know, went to Indiana, and I'm pretty sure he was selling T-shirts. I don't know. I'm not... No, you might have to double check me on that, but I think uh, a great idea, Rip, but it also might have already been happened. But it's a big for all athletes. It's big for, really, I think the video game industry has been a, a, a huge push of this kind of message getting up this high in the courts. Nice. what's your take on the situation with um, the NCAA now allowing some of these athletes to get paid from their likeness? I mean, it's about time. It makes complete sense to me. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm thrilled for these guys. NFTs, that's a whole different thing. Uh, I think you've seen some of the stuff like Top Shot come down a notch since 
Cryptomania is, is not Terrence so- Man, not Ter- not Terrence Man Top Shops to the moon, baby. <laughs> uh, if you look at Top Shot overall, the pricing has come down quite a bit. So I think that has more to do with just what's going on in the crypto world right now. Um, I'm sure it'll come back up, but I- I'm out on NFTs. Like that's just not for me. I yeah, just don't. Either. I just don't see the value in it. They don't. They don't get my. They don't get my 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 water boiling. If you know what I'm saying. You know what does get my water boiling though. So so. So Keith Smart loves uh he loves buffalo wings. He gets those miles. I got me thinking, Nas. You you like me if I've been to probably 250 um basketball games, mostly in Oakland, after game eats. I want to ask you because I am drawn to taco rias usually, but that in and out burger called my name and sometimes a Panda Express outside of Oracle Arena. What's your after game eat spots, Nas? If I was in a bind, like if I was starving after a game, I would go to In-N-Out. That was my spot. Uh, when I used to live in like Union City, I would come out of Oracle and just right before my exit, there was an In-N-Out in Union City by Union Landing, and I would just stop there and pull it over. That way, I don't have to deal with the traffic by Oracle and things like that. Uh, that, was, that, was my, yeah, that was my go-to, just going to that Union Landing one. Uh, but other than that, I'm pretty healthy, so I would eat like I would make sure that I split my lunch up so that I would eat right before the game and have enough energy to get through. Smarter than me. But after game meets as a whole is always a great experience. Rip, how about you? I, I know in, in Phoenix, you're a Long John Silver's guy. What what else comes to mind for after game eats for you? Oh, in Phoenix, no, not Long John. It's the Pete's Fish and Chips or a Whataburger for sure. Ah, that's right. Oh, Whataburger, really? Whataburger is amazing. I was talking fried. about shit. I didn't know you're a Whataburger guy. I was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and they brought up the guys from, from, from Texas, from Houston, and he brought up Whataburger as his favorite. And I kind of was like, we don't do Whataburger in Arizona. And here's, here's Rip saying the big Whataburger, man. Three point no, we were raised, Whataburger raised donates 50 bucks. We were raised on Whataburger. Come on. Yeah, it's only in a few states. I think Texas, Arizona, and a couple others. But man, they, they got good burgers, good shakes, good fries. Great place. I, well, I told I told them I well I was Wendy's I would if I had the choice it was Wendy's or Whataburger I always chose Wendy's but that's interesting that you hit that Rip I didn't know that yeah after game eats man always always an interesting thing to me Vegas is one of those places where you can get any type of food at any given time Rip we've had some great meals uh, in Vegas I mean I know you just love getting the big ass margaritas like the five foot margaritas you still into those I haven't had one of those in probably 15 years, but yeah, those those are good if you're poolside uh, for the whole day. But yeah, I mean, Vegas, 24 hour town, you got lots of stuff, pizza slices. They got a Denny's that goes 24 hours. You can get anything you want up there. Of course, you're going to drop the Denny's going all over. And, and, and Vegas has kind of become a mecca, not only for food, but for culture and, and different types of people. Uh, we had Carl Nassib come out as a, as, a, as a gay athlete, as a gay active NFL player, which is terrific. And shout out to you, Carl, for uh, doing it, I don't even know. I, I hate even saying the right way. Like he said, he shouldn't even have to really do it. It kind of, um, you know, one of those things. But I felt I want to talk about it on the pod. I'll pass it around the horn. Nas, how you feeling about Carl? And uh, uh, really, we had we had Solomon on, too. I know you kind of led that interview. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I also love just kind of the support that he's seeing from the whole community. Uh, not just not just his team. A lot of a lot of his teammates have come out and have said, this is great. Love it. You know. Uh, but current other players, I saw JJ Watt said something today, just in support. Look, I think, I think it's great. I got one more thing. Um, let me pull it up right here. What do you got, Nas? There was not exactly the same, but sort of in related news, there was a Japanese soccer player, uh, that came out today as transcend transgender. Uh, 
Mm. So obviously not the same thing. By no means is that the same thing, but just great to see people feeling more comfortable in their own skin yes. and, and coming out with who they are and, and what's important to them. Uh, I just, I love it. I love seeing that stuff. I think that's the ultimate compliment to Carl. That's what he, why he did what he did. So that snowball effect can take place and, and um, that process can get easier, should get easier, will get easier. So uh, made me, I'm re- I was already rooting for the Raiders second team as for the Cardinals after that Solomon interview. I thought if listen back listeners, if you hadn't had a chance, I think it's one of our, our better guests here. Uh, talking mental health and in Vegas. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Raiders. The organization handled it like a pro. And uh, I'm excited for the future. If uh, the future kind of is continues to look this diverse, open and, uh, and accepting. Rip, happy birthday to your youngest. Uh, I, I know that you guys did a train theme going on this, this last weekend. You want to do a little bit of uh, unsolicited parenting advice with me and Nas? We can... Uh, I know it's hot for you fellas. I know the entire West Coast is really hot. So uh, I th- I'm thinking maybe we can. We we really helped some people last year about this time. Do you remember, Rip, when we came up with a sprinkler concept for Value Guy? We we're talking about good value for the summer. Yeah, the we summer. had some we had some listeners that went out and bought that. I think the next week, and uh, did, did they they sent us some props for that because they said their kids uh, endless hours of entertainment for them. Endless hours and a value guy. So I'm going to throw out a couple more. You just give me, just say thumbs up or thumbs down. Nas, if you can think of any, happy to have jump in there. You can fall back to if, you, if you're not interested, but we're trying to, there's lots of listeners in Indiana and the Midwest. It's going to get hot there. I saw this heat's going from the West and it's pushing its way into the middle of the country. So here's a, a couple new ones I came up with, Rip, to uh, possibly beat the heat. Tell me thumbs up or thumbs down your household. You ready? Yep. Create your own music video. That's a thumbs up because when it's too hot outside to play and you need to stay inside in the air conditioning, you need something creative to do. So uh, you've seen a lot of those things go viral, man. So you have fun as a family and put that thing together. All right. Let's do it. I like this one right here. Create an indoor racetrack with Hot Wheels. Uh, that's we a good one. We used to do that one. Nas, I know Nas a big, is a big racing guy. Nas, what do you think about that one? Good indoor Look, activity? He, here's the caveat. I grew up in Pakistan and I went to college in the Central Valley. Like I'm used to 120 degree summers. Like the heat does not bother me. It does bother my wife. So, uh, you know, uh, I try to keep us as cool as we can. Uh, we don't have kids, but the car track one, if I had kids, I think that would be a phenomenal one to use. Running through the whole house, Rip. I know you got some more space in that house now. How about, is that thumbs up or thumbs down, Rip? Oh, that happens like every week. Car tracks, train tracks, you name it. That's, there's, there's, there's one on the floor right now. I can't even walk through my living room. Okay, last one. Uh, and Naz, I want you to, to hop in on this because you're going to have to give him a wreck. Um, watch a classic family movie. Here's the, here's the caveat. Non-animated, non-Pixar movie with the family. Watch a f- classic family-friendly movie. I'm going to go with, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend for you, Rip, uh, if it's too hot, you guys come in and watch uh, Robin Williams in one of my faves, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. That's a good one. I love Mrs. Doubtfire. Classic, classic movie for the, for, for the fam. What do you got, Naz? Any unsolicited movies for Rip? I mean, I'll go with Home Alone. Uh, that's a great one. If I had an answer, that's probably what I would have said. We're just Sig, Dan, Rip. We're there. You take notes, fellas. This is all kinds of great info. Y'all, y'all are doing all the easy stuff, dance offs, and creating Lego masterpieces and building forts. So uh, you got to beat the heat, though. All kind. That's what this podcast is here. All kinds of ideas. You got anything else, Rip? Yeah. Speaking of heat, it's been pretty hot here in Long Beach lately, and it's the time of year where trying to. Uh, give sunscreen to the kids every day, put sunscreen on them every day. And it's a battle, man. They don't like stuff rubbed on their face. They don't like stuff sprayed on them. So 
I want some advice from you guys. Do I do it while they're sleeping? I mean, get, give me something to, to help me out here. Cause I, I get screamed at every morning trying to rub sunscreen on their cheeks and spray it on their neck, trying to protect them. I, I think you, your mistake was possibly not introducing suntan lotion as an amazing thing early, possibly, but <laughs> possibly, I don't know. That might be easier said than done unsolicited parent advice from a non-parent. But with that said, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for trying to understand why. Right. So, and again, caveat that I don't have kids, so maybe I'm totally off the mark here, but I would one, try to find out what about this don't you like? And two, here's what it looks like if you don't do this and just scare the shit out of them. Oh, like, a, like a, like a smoking cigs lungs. You show them that. Like, yeah, that, that. like, like, like if you don't, if you, yeah, well, I mean, with, good with good intentions, right? Like, Hey, if you don't do this, like, here's a picture of what it looks like as Skin you get cancer. older. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So, I mean, that's what I would do and just explain it to them, right? Treat them like as adultish as you can over the topic, but like respectable. I, that's just me. That's a really good idea, Nas, because I've tried asking them why they don't like it put on their face or their neck, but I don't get a real answer. But I'm going to try to show them some pictures of some bad sunburn or some skin cancer and see if that moves the needle at all, because yeah, it's a battle every morning. I love that. So you're telling me just the spray doesn't just work if you just kind of like uh, sneak up on them? Oh, that's all it is. It's sneak attack, but then they still scream at me. And you know, I want them to, you know, appreciate it. And then the fact that I'm trying to protect their skin rather than just get mad at me all the time. Nas nailed it. Get back to us next week if that worked. I think this might work. Onward, onward. Great advice. Let's continue the cat. Let's continue the advice. Let's make some one stars some money with our cash corner. Nas, what do we got? We stay in domestic. We go in international. I don't know that anyone is going to take this one, but. The Pakistan Super League, which is cricket, is in the final. So it's the last match. Um, and, you know, with COVID, the league got shifted around it and all that stuff. But bottom line, there's a team that's called Peshawar Zolmi. And again, I don't know that anyone's going to have the balls to take this. I've been betting it. I don't know if anyone else will. But they have a ton of power hitting. And the line on their sixes, and I know this is going to be foreign language. So basically think of it as the line of quote unquote home runs in their innings. Their, their, their at bat is five and a half out of all of their matches here. They've failed to have that over once their power hitting is probably the best in, in the, in the league right now. So I'm taking the over. I've been taking it every match. Um, I'm going to take it again. I would take it up to minus minus one thirty. Uh, but that game is on Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific. It is the Pakistan Super League, and it is Multan Sultans against Peshawar Zulmi. And I am taking over five and a half sixes on Peshawar Zulmi. Naz, I-, I talked about doing a summit, a one-star summit um, earlier in the podcast. We might have to do like, you know, the when they take women to learn about the NFL. You might have to take a group of our one stars and we're going to have to sit down in a room and you're just going to have to fully break down some tape and start from scratch with us. You know, my my wife watched a documentary. Uh, I think I told you about this. DK. It's called The Test. It's on Amazon Prime and it's a cricket documentary done very, very well, very recent. And she is hooked on the sport now. Like she'll sit down and watch it with me and everything that I try to do up until that just didn't work. And she saw that documentary and now she's in. Oh, there so, you go. So, is, that, is it a, a one episode uh, or a multi-episode documentary? Multi-episode. 
I want to say, let me see how many it was. Did you get record of the week, record of the week and cash corner in Nas? You double trouble today. I got I got a wreck of the week and it's it's better than these ones, but this it's a, a, it's a, a yeah, it's a eight part documentary. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called The Test. All right, the test. And and Craig for our listeners, we 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 mentioned it before, but we want to kind of I would like to learn more. I'm in a curious stage of my life all throughout. And we're going to bring it to the one star. So Nas is going to continue to uh, feed us some good cash corners and uh, keep us updated on all cricket news. And uh, we will be having some cricket superstars on the podcast in the near future. So stay tuned. Uh, let's talk really fast about Nas. Did you do the CP3 challenge, bro? I recently went out. For, hold up. First of all, you guys need to rename this challenge. And I was and I was gonna say like the Ben Simmons challenge, but at least these guys that are doing it are shooting. So I guess you can't call it that because that guy doesn't even shoot. Uh, Maybe the Andres Bedrins challenge. So I I looked up so far out of everyone that's done it, the cumulative average is like 20%. Here are some of the players that shot below 20% for the season. They all played anywhere between one to 17 games. Uh, Tim Frazier, Terrence Ferguson, Andre Roberson, Jalen Adams, Jalen Leck, Lake, I don't know how to pronounce that, Theo Pinson, Chris Dunn. These guys are shooting anywhere between 8.3 to 15%. These these are all NBA guys, right? These are all NBA guys. Uh, Look, I'm a a glass half full guy. Are are you saying that some of the people you've seen in the one-star challenge have NBA potential? Uh, I am not saying that. No. And Gary's wife, probably. No. Yeah. But uh, the the guy that shot, I don't know his name. I apologize. The guy that shot on a broken foot. One, you're insane. But two, props. I guess like impressive to shoot thirty percent on a broken foot. But also like, please don't hurt yourself. I hope you got a medical opinion saying he couldn't uh, make the injury any worse before he went out there. But uh, yeah, Ice Cream Ian, shout out to you, man. Three out of ten on a broken foot. I told him he's like sixty percent healthy. So. Great yeah. job. So going back to your thing, uh, I have not shot a ball in like a year. The last time I shot a ball was at the opening of Chase Center, shot one free throw, made it. So I'll take that. I in I got a pump for the ball the other day, yesterday, filled it up. Uh, so now I got to find a court. I think there's one near me. I think it's a double rim, but I, I think I can make like 40%, 50%, like, that's what I thought, Nas. That's what we'll, I we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I hope to get out there and get a video up this week or early next week. Get I, out I, there. I'll Indiana get one fans up. across the world. If you're listening across the world to this podcast, check out um, our Instagram. We're getting everybody doing the CP3 challenge. The rules are in our Instagram. We would love to see it worldwide. We have so many listeners um, all over the world. So uh, keep them coming. And thank you for everybody who uh, who is getting on this at the end of the day we're really raising awareness for cp3 you know kind of the funniest part shout out to my guy andy can i share this story i'm gonna share this story uh rip you can edit it out if you want my guy my guy andy in utah texted me hey man i'm gonna do the cp challenge for sure next week i said why are you doing it next week you should just do it he's like i actually really am cp3 he he has covid right now so he actually (laughs) really is doing the cp3 challenge which is nuts so shout out to you, Andy, and appreciate everybody who's doing the challenge. Taking the taking the challenge to heart, man. And, and also, this is an open call for Chris Paul, for campaign, any of the Phoenix Suns backcourt. Chris, I've I seen Chris Paul with some TikTok videos over the last few days. I know you have some time on your hands. 
get out there, show the world how it's done. Give us 10 shots, 10 feet out from the right elbow. Tell them your craft, my man. Hell yeah. Rex of the week, boys. Let's wrap up this episode strong. Um, I'll go ahead and start us off. I have uh, gotten into documentaries. I mentioned earlier in this podcast, Four Kings, although that is not my wreck of the week. It is awesome. My wreck of the week is going to stay in the in the documentary range on Showtime. I've mentioned on this podcast before, I'm a huge comedy fan. Some other great comedian podcasts or comedians that I love is Theo Vaughn. Uh, I love Joey Diaz. So I came across this the, the documentary called The Comedy Store. It's the story of the comedy store in Los Angeles from when it opened in the 60s all the way up to modern day. Uh, it's a five-part episode. Richard Pryor, Sam Kinison, Chris Rock, all the legends came through here. And uh, it's really the story of the building and the story of, of Mitzi Shore and kind of the queen of comedy. All the, the comedian legends that we know today and love um, as superstars all were one stars at the comedy store, making their way from all over the country. Leno, Letterman all found their way there and uh, and got the party going. So it's on Showtime. I think Showtime probably does the best documentaries, in my opinion, of all the, the networks, um, if you're a documentary person. So you can't really go wrong. But um, the comedy store, and if you want to keep the party going, um, the, four, the Four Kings documentary is fabulous. What do you got, Rip? I got my wife's, uh, for, my wife turns 40 today, uh, Wednesday, she had her 40th birthday. So I had to do something a little special for her birthday this year instead of getting like flowers or whatever. So I, uh, I hooked up with a, a woman on Facebook called, uh, her, her, her Facebook page is called a smile for you from Janet. It's a smile. The number four, the letter U from Janet, J A N E T. I'll put it in the show notes. It's kind of a, an interesting name, but she helped me put together this photo book. Um, she built the book, put a bunch of pictures of my wife on there. And my job was to get uh, handwritten letters and photos of memories from some people she's been close with throughout her life. So if you want something out the, outside the box, you're looking for a custom project, anything like that, hit up a smile for you from Janet on Facebook. Again, I'll put it in the show notes. She's, uh, she's amazing. She did great work for an affordable price. What is it, like a coffee table book, like a digital book? Yeah, just kind of like a photo memory book where she'll be able to look back, you know, over the years and kind tangible. of reflect. It's tangible. It's something, it's something I can, you can hold, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Yep, with photos and letters inside. So, yeah, I mean, but anything you come up with that you want, you know, as a creative project, uh, this woman, Janet, she's really good. She could help you out. Like a local business memory creator, Rip. Good for you, 40th birthday. You going, you're going to make a special dinner? Uh, we're going to the Giants-Angels game. So maybe some garlic fries or whatever they sell oh. at Angels Stadium. Oh yeah, sports fan. There it is, Rip. All right, well, enjoy the game. Happy birthday, Janelle. Thanks for all your support. Nas, what's up, my man? Wreck of the week. Bring us home strong. Add some value, baby. Have you guys heard of Acorns? Yeah. Uh, it's a, a investment investment app, yeah? Do you guys use it? No. No. So, do you know how it works? Uh, can I take a guess? Sure. <laughs> From my... My pea brain of memory trying to pull out what I remember. I think Acorn peels off excess change or cash or some area of money and then puts it in a funnel and puts it into an investment account. Am I close? Pretty much. Yeah. I I've been using it for a while. I think it's great. Basically, it's exactly that. You pay like a, a service fee that's monthly. It's like a dollar, a couple of dollars. And then on every transaction off your card, um, it rounds up the spare change. So if my transaction was $1.30, it 
it can round up the 70 cents and put that aside. You can also have it be like two or three X that spare change. So that 70 cents can be like $2 and 10 cents. Um, but because it's only going to be a small amount of spare change, it's typically, if you're a working employed person or you've got enough cash, like it's usually not an amount that you're going to miss, but it adds up pretty quickly over time, over the years. And, you know, it it's, I think it's great because you're just building aside a little pot that you're not really going to miss and you wouldn't even realize that it's there. And then you'll look back on it a couple of years later and be like, Oh, this is really nice. Uh, and then, you know, obviously people would use it towards investing, but I'm sure that there are other uses too. Like if you really wanted to, that could be like a way to have a vacation fund. You could use it to buy something nice. I know that, we took some of it out when we bought our first home because it was like a nice spare change that we just kind of had and I need to pull something else out. So I don't know. I, I love it. I know they're going public soon. Um, and that's kind of what brought it back to the front of mind for me. So that's my record of the week. Check it out. It's for, for young people. What a great way just to save money. I hear so many young people th- and I'm actually not even young people. I've considered myself in that. Like it's hard to actually do the saving part. If you have to physically do stuff, this is just an easy way to save money. Um, I'm the type of person, if there's money in my pocket, I want to spend it. So, um, this just pulls it. It's a great wreck. Everybody. And, and again, we're not financial advisors. Do your own research, all that legal mumbo jumbo that we're always told about. Right. But like, I find good value out of it. Do your own research. See if you like it, if it's for you. Um, but from my experience and what I've done with it, I've, I think it's a great idea. There it is, guys. Hey, thank you. Great Rex of the Week. We'll get everything in the show notes, including the cash corner, because that's one that I want people to take a look at as we start to investigate um, the world of cricket a little bit more. We'll put the documentary in there, too. Naz, I'm telling you, maybe we got to get something going on the website in the future where we can start um, um, transitioning some folks from uh, from baseball over to cricket a little bit, because uh, I think they're going to love it once they get a taste of it. The CP3 challenge continues. Let's uh, get that up. Please tag us. We will post it. If you have the time, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoyed Coach Keith Smart, please forward this along to a Indiana, a Sacramento Kings fan, a Golden State Warriors fan, a Miami Heat fan, a New York Knicks fan. Coach Smart has, has coached all over the country with some of the best teams and the best players. Uh, so send that around. And uh, what else you guys got? Anything? Oh. Anything to wrap up? Yeah, all our Indiana listeners out there today, uh, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. we got IU football coach Tom Allen coming up here uh, next week or the week after. Great interview from him. Uh, legend in uh, Bloomington right now. So be sure to check that one out too. Absolutely, guys. Have a wonderful week. Nas, I expect you to get out there for the challenge. I really think you're probably going to be our first seven for 10. If I had money, I'm going to go. I'm going to put it on you. You're taller than everybody else. You're closer to the rim, man. Don't Ben Simmons it like me. Seven for 10. That is a tall ask, but uh, I'm shooting for 50%. We'll see what we do. All right, Bubba, believe. CP3 Challenge. Go Suns. One-star recruits. Let's get it. See you next week.